0: This show has everything from an episode with Dr. Becky about how to repair relationships when you've made a mistake to how to set boundaries both with your kids and your parents and even a deep dive on why it's okay for your house to be messy sometimes if you're feeling overwhelmed. And more great episodes come out every Monday. Find out how to be a better human wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, smarty pants. I'm in the library checking out some books. I'm going to read two sentences out loud. See if you can tell the difference in what they mean. Ready? Here we go. Did you eat, children? Did you eat, children? Hmm. You may have noticed the words in each of those sentences were exactly the same, but the meaning, not so much. Here, listen again. Did you eat, children? Did you eat, children? Yep. The first one sounds like you're asking the children if they've eaten yet. Who wants meatcake? And the second one sounds like you're asking a giant if they ate any children.
1: Fee-fi-fo-fum.
0: So if the words are exactly the same, how is it that there can be two totally different meanings? Children being fed food versus children being food. Burp. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with a small punctuation mark. Can you guess what it is? Is it A, a period, B, a question mark, or C, a comma? Did you say C, comma? You're right! And as you just heard, punctuation is very important when it comes to giving words meaning. Uh. But have you ever wondered where punctuation marks came from? Who invented the question mark, and why does it look like that? I don't know. What are the origins of the period? And who came up with the semicolon? Do you even know what an interrobang is? Question mark slash
1: exclamation point? Shh! No exclamation points allowed in the library. Period. Sorry. It's time for another whiff of
0: science and history on... Who's smarted? Who's smarted? Who's smart? Is it you? Is it me? Is it science or history? Listen up, everyone!
1: We make smarting lots of fun
0: on Who's and Psst. Hey, smarty pants. All of the symbols that we now refer to as, quote, punctuation marks, end quote, were created to help you correctly read, comma, and understand, comma, written text, period. Of course, we usually
1: don't read the punctuation out loud. Instead, we use it as a guide. Ah. Could you imagine a world without punctuation marks? Everything you read would seem like a never-ending, run-on sentence without any emotion to it. <laughs> Whether it be something short like a poem or a text or something long like a novel. And nobody wants that. It's
0: exhausting. Instead, we use punctuation from the Latin punctus, meaning point. Point to help you navigate sentences, let you know when to pause or stop, when
1: something is a question or an exclamation! Shush! Sorry. Punctuation includes not only symbols like commas, apostrophes, and exclamation points, but also the use of spacing and typography choices, like italics for book titles or underline for importance, or bold for something you wish to emphasize. Of course,
0: One of the trickiest things about punctuation is understanding the rules. And the
1: first rule is, there are no rules. (gasps) No rules? How can that be? Oh, there are plenty of conventions for using punctuation quote-unquote properly. But those rules may be different depending on whether you're working on an essay for school, a newspaper article, a legal brief... A novel, a screenplay, song lyrics, a blog post, a ship captain log, etc., etc. Oh, I get it.
0: Different types of writing invite different styles of punctuation or format.
1: Precisely. Take this Who's Smarted script we're reading right now. You'll notice it has many of the conventions of a theater script, with some music and audio cues. Sometimes the writer will choose to smash up a bunch of words together or elongate words for emphasis. All of these choices inform us how the script should be read. The writer has a lot of power, thanks largely to the cues provided by punctuation. It's true. Lots of writers make creative punctuation choices to clarify their ideas. Like reading silly words very loud by putting them in all caps. Pumpernickel! Sneaky varmint! Aardvark! Shh! No yelling in the library. Sorry.
0: Luckily, the writer of this episode has a true appreciation of punctuation and would never use it irresponsibly. Question mark! Exclamation point! So, where and when did punctuation first begin? Well, for thousands of years, writers carried on without any punctuation. Say, author, I like
1: your writing, but how can I tell when a sentence ends? When I run out of stone, I guess. Then, in 3rd century BCE, a librarian named Aristophanes from the academic city of Alexandria, Egypt, decided he'd seen enough. Ah, I've seen enough. This famous library holds thousands of scrolls. But they are a royal pain in the neck to read. Uh, Literally, my neck is killing me from reading scroll after scroll, where every word runs together with no spaces. And with no distinction between uppercase or lowercase letters, it was entirely up to the reader to guess where one sentence ended and the next began. It's a mess, and I've seen enough. I think I will invent punctuation.
0: Well, it wasn't quite as simple as all that. Huh? Aristophanes suggested that readers could insert suggested pauses into their work by aligning dots with the top, middle, or bottom of each line. The placement of the dot would indicate the length of the pause. Ah. I shall call these dots... Comma, colon, and periodos. It was a good start. Heck yeah, it is!
1: Exclamation point. However, Aristophanes' punctuation was not received enthusiastically. In the early democracies of Greece and Rome, the art of persuasive speech, such as in debate, was considered more meaningful than a well-written, easily-readable scroll. When the Romans
0: sped ahead of the Greeks in the race to dominate territory and impose political and cultural standards, they threw out Aristophanes' clever system of dots. Emperor Cicero claimed that the end of a sentence ought to be determined not by the speakers pausing for breath or by a stroke inserted by a copyist, but by the constraint of the
1: rhythm. So annoying, exclamation point. The Romans did experiment briefly with separating their written words with dots instead of spaces. But by the second century CE, they'd given up on that and gone back to the mumbler reading a muddy text.
0: As the Roman Empire crumbled in the fourth and fifth centuries. <laughs> ha, serves you right. Roman Pagans quickly found themselves losing a culture battle with a new religion known as Christianity.
1: Whereas Pagan stories were passed down through an oral storytelling tradition, Christians preferred to write their stories down and compile them in multi-page anthologies, a.k.a. books. These new Christian
0: books featured decorative letters, intricately painted illustrations, and paragraph markings.
1: Just like I've been saying this whole time.
0: As Christianity spread across Europe, authors began punctuating their own works to protect their original meaning. (laughs) Then, in the 7th century, Archbishop Isidore of Seville described an updated version of Aristophanes' punctuation system. Archbishop Isidore even expanded upon Aristophanes' system, defining the comma or subdistinctio as a grammatical breakpoint, ah. whereas the period or distinctio finalis marked the end of a sentence.
1: That's what I'm talking about.
0: Soon after, thanks to exasperated Scottish and Irish monks tired of separating Latin words all mushed together, spaces between words became commonplace. And doesn't that simplify everything? Toward the end of the 8th century, medieval European ruler Charlemagne tasked a monk called Alquin with creating a unified alphabet which included lowercase letters. Punctuation was
1: finally taking hold. It only took a thousand years. With a few conventions or commonly used rules in place, scholars found even more ways to give the written word specific meaning. Borrowing from musical notation, marks like the punctus versus and punctus
0: elevatus had grammatical meaning and suggested changes in tone.
1: These would later become our semicolon and colon. Ah. And the punctus interrogativus, often written as a dot with a lightning flash above it, was used to express the rising inflection that described the question. This later became the question mark you know today. Funny story. It's
0: said that the curved shape of a question mark is meant to resemble the shape of an inquisitive cat's tail. Meow. Regardless of whether that's true, the question mark came into use in the 15th century. In fact, punctuation marks became mostly standardized, after the printing press was invented by Johannes Gutenberg around 1436.
1: With all that printed text being shared throughout Europe, punctuation conventions were established relatively quickly.
0: By about 1500, most of the symbols we use today had a consistent shape and use. The continued evolution of technology from typewriters to word processors... computers and smartphones, further solidified the need for both common and creative punctuation. You're welcome.
1: Of course, this history of punctuation is only relevant to languages that use the Latin or Roman alphabet. Each language will have some punctuation that is unique. Ah. Languages that use an alphabet other than ours, like Arabic, Cyrillic, or Kanji, have their own standard for punctuation.
0: Very true. And long after Aristophanes' three-dot system, language and the symbols we use to punctuate it have evolved and continue to evolve. Huh? For example, today, emojis are used as casual punctuation in texts and emails. But what other potential punctuation will they come up with next? To find out, stick around, smarty pants. Winking face with tongue, victory hand emoji. Hi, Trusty here with a special message for all the parents and guardians listening. I know how important it is for your child to excel in every way possible, especially when it comes to education. Well, thanks to my friends at iXL, you don't have to go it alone. iXL is a personalized learning platform that's transforming the way children master everything from math to social studies. iXL's interactive courses and immediate feedback ensure learning is super engaging and accessible for every student, pre K through 12th grade. Imagine that. plus 20% off your next month. That's code SMARTED50 at factormeals.com slash SMARTED50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Now back to Who Smarted. Thanks to smartphones, tablets, and computers, we now have the ability to share text so speedily and easily that it's prompted a bit of an online brawl between various punctuation posses.
1: I say Chicago, all the way. Tut-tut, it's the Queen's English. Oxford, therefore, is the only sensible choice. It's the Associated Press or the AP-style guard for me. Oof, I'm
0: staying out of this. Not long ago, I was double-spacing between every sentence. But now, they say you don't have to. It's the grammar police. Scram! The truth is, people have their punctuation preferences and certain professions have their standards. But with language constantly evolving and expanding, intention is often just as important as retention.
1: Still, we do our best to memorize the rules. I I mean, conventions, which continue to change over time. Hey, smarty pants, did you know that there were some
0: punctuation marks that were proposed but never took off? What? For instance, the love point which looks like two question marks facing each other to form a heart. Proposed in the 1960s by French author Hervé Brazin, the love mark was intended to end any heartfelt sentence like, my dog is my best friend.
1: Personally, I was a big fan of the sarcasm mark, or sark mark. Were you, though? Invented by Douglas Sack and trademark in 2010, the sark mark looks like a squirrel with a little dot in the middle. The sock mark was meant to be a way to let people know you were being sarcastic. Yeah, that'll work. Who knows how many arguments the sock mark would have prevented in social media. My favorite is the Interrobang. Invented
0: in 1962 by advertising executive Martin Spector, an Interrobang is part question and part exclamation. Whoa, did you see that? It's meant to
1: induce shock or disbelief. Originally, the interrobang was written as a question mark and an exclamation point directly on top of each other. Today, it is most commonly written as a question mark followed by an exclamation point. Something that's easy to read and easy to type out.
0: The fun thing is, anyone can introduce new punctuation. Even you, smarty pants. Brain emoji, pants emoji, apostrophe S. A big shout out to Superfan George in Shirts, Texas. Thanks so much for listening, George. We can hear you getting smarter with every episode. This episode, punctuation, was written by Libby Ward and voiced by Kim Exclamation Point Davis, Taya Quotation Marks Scarlet, Joe Apostrophe Tex, Brandon Brackets Bayless, Adam Question Mark Davis, and Jerry Colbert. Technical direction and sound design by Josh Hyphen Han. Who Smarted is recorded and mixed at the Relic Room Studios. Our associate producer is Max Colin Kamaski. The theme song is by Brian semi Suarez, with lyrics written and performed by Adam Tex-Davis. Who Smarted was created and produced by Adam Tex-Davis and Jerry Colbert. This has been an Atomic Entertainment production.